1: Vent. This is VENT Weekly,
0: a collaboration between VICE and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture.
2: Let's get it cracking. Hey and welcome to VENT Weekly. I'm Nuruddin.
1: And I'm Suprino.
2: Each episode we get to the bottom of a topic we think is important.
1: So I've currently just graduated from university and I'm definitely feeling the pressure to succeed.
2: Me too. Like I'm trying to be a music producer, a big music producer, but succeeding is hard.
1: But what is success anyway and who gets to define what it means and how does this affect us?
2: Success means to me achieving
3: goals that you have set yourself. If I set my mind to a thing and I... Manage to achieve it. No
2: matter how big the goal is, it could be to I don't know, mow the lawn or take your grandma shopping. I suppose if I
3: hear the word success, I tend to imagine it like as it relates to like your job or your career or something. Because I don't know if I really think about my personal life in terms of success or successfulness.
2: We've invited author, barrister and fellow Brent resident, Hashi Mohammedin to talk about success.
1: Hey, Hashi, could you introduce
3: yourself? Hello, Sabrina and Nuruddin. Thank Hello. you very much for having me. Pleasure. Uh, I am Hashi. I am a fellow Brent resident. Uh, also, I'm told I'm a barrister and I've also just written a book. Sick. Amazing. People Like Us. Yes, <laughs> it's called People Like Us. People Like Us, What It Takes to Make It in Modern Britain.
1: So before we start our conversation, I feel like we should all define the word success. Mm-hmm. So what do you, let's start with Nuruddin, what do you think success is?
2: Well, I think success, the actual literal definition of it is accomplishing something that is of aim or purpose. But my own definition of it is getting something important done and I'm feeling fulfilled. In terms of getting a uni degree, i would feel successful, but... Something also smaller, like giving my mum some more money. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? What's your definition?
1: So like love, I think success is in the eye of the beholder. So exactly what you said, I feel like when you define success, it was kind of more unique towards you and Mm. your experiences. So for me, I would say success is making goals um, for yourself in life and accomplishing them. And this can be what you think goals in life. So it could be big, it could be small, like you said, about giving your mum money. Um, It could be about... I mean your career your family so I think when you've accomplished that in in life you can say to yourself oh I'm successful. successful but what about you Hashi?
3: Success is really something that is both internal and external so it's internal in the sense of the way in which you both have described it in the way that you say for example I've set myself up these goals I've set up these kind of metrics by which I then will define whether or not I'm successful. It could be a degree, it could be a job, it could be something that you've set for yourself and achieved it. But the bigger problem with the definition of success is how externally society decides what is successful. So for example, we know that parents will always say, if you're a doctor, or you're a lawyer, you're an accountant, somehow that's a real high mark of success. But there are other metrics of success that I think are not given the same level that it deserves. So I think, for example, I always joke, the fact that I'm not reliant on my parents or my family for help is a success. Those are the kind of things that I think are difficult to try and define success. But for me, it's a both internal and external.
1: Yeah, no, I agree because I feel like with success, people tend to relate it to financial and money. And oh, once I'm rich, they always say, I just want to be rich. Um, Like for example, me, I want to be a TV presenter and people who tend to want to be a TV presenter could easily say, I just want to be famous. And that's why, and that's what success is for me to be famous. And I think, and thankfully for my mom, I think the exact opposite. Like, I want to do presenting because it's my passion and I believe that I'm successful when in my definition, when I'm able to give back. So like, for example, I'm Nepalese and I feel like I've reached success when I'm, I've am i become an established presenter and I've made a programme for Nepalese people to get into the creative industry. So for example, like when I'm presenting, I want to see the cameraman as a Nepalese man or a Nepalese woman. I want to see the producer as a Nepalese man or Nepalese woman because I just don't see that on TV.
3: Just to challenge you back, uh, Sabrina, on that, on that point, that you made about your own um, way of understanding success. It's quite interesting, actually, because in the middle of your sentence, I don't know if you noticed, you said, thankfully for me, and then you said, and for my mum.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I'm scared. And, and that was quite interesting because that was an example of exactly what I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier on about the external and the internal of, of you seeing that mark of success being something to you. But actually, it's that much more valuable because it's something to your mum as well. Do you feel that?
1: Oh my god, 100% because I definitely feel like when I look at success, the main influence or the main voice that I hear in my head yeah. is my mom. Oh. Like and throughout my life um Same. Yeah, my mom Same. has always been like, "Oh okay, like whatever you want to do," like cuz she had an arranged marriage. And because of that, she didn't get to pursue her own dreams. So sometimes when I'm pursuing my dreams, I'll always have my mom at the back of my head, basically pursuing her own dreams through me, that makes sense. And I'm happy to do that. And I don't feel like I feel some sense of, actually, I lied. I do sometimes do feel a sense of pressure, Um, obviously like just i have to kind of succeed because i want Mm. to see my mom happy but you have
3: to make sure that that pressure is healthy though Mm -hmm. you don't want that kind of pressure on yourself in a way that isn't helpful to you because what will happen is you put that kind of pressure on yourself in such a way that that it cripples you for the people at
2: home that don't know who you are would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and your story
3: yeah i was uh, born in kenya to somali parents and i was part of the big uh, group of people who sought asylum in the Western countries uh, in the early 1990s. Uh, my mom, uh, bless her, gave birth to 12 children. which wow. is, uh, it's, a, it's a Somali not, feat, man. It's a Somali thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, 12 children. I mean, I was number eight in that list. Wow. Um, I wish. And I'm, I'm very glad that she didn't stop after number seven, but I wish she did after <laughs> number eight. Really. And we came as, as, as you know, refugees. My father had died when I was nine uh, back in Kenya, and Sorry I grew to hear about that It's a long time ago, but you know, you you learn and you grow. And I went to Sudbury Junior School when I first started out learning English and learning how to speak the language, and then went to Wembley Manor Primary School, then went to Preston Manor School where I got suspended seven times in year seven for all sorts of uh, uh, nonsense.
1: Oh my God, Could you give an example of one of them?
3: Uh, probably one I'm most proud of. And for those of you who are listening, this is not a good thing, but I'm proud of it anyway. <laughs> uh, during Ramadan, we were all fasting, but we got free school meals. So you had free lunch, right? So I got went to the queue and would get my burger and my chips, but then I'd start selling it. Because I didn't need to eat it. I was fasting. You made a joke. Mm. Yeah, you So then sick. I started a little business yeah. where I'd be selling the burger for a pound. Yeah. And then I would buy the burger off all of the Muslim students who weren't gonna eat it <laughs> for like fifty P and then I'd sell it on for a pound. How much did you make by Eid? Uh by I got suspended two weeks into Ramadan, so I never oh, made it into Eid. Oh.
0: <laughs> but but
3: but by the time I think the second week I was on like Sixteen pounds or something. Oh, that's, that's big money back it's then. Not bad, you know? Sixteen yeah. pounds in in you know a week a week and a half's work. It's that is bad. nice. But then I got sent uh, home for the rest of Ramadan, so yeah. it wasn't that g- good of a look. But uh, but yeah, that's the kind of thing I got suspended for yeah. and got into trouble a lot in year seven. And then I studied uh, enough to get my GCSEs and A levels. I played a lot of football, uh, yeah. and then I. Uh, did my undergraduate degree in law and French.
2: Were the the... GCSEs like pristine A star A? No
3: way. I I did not have a single A or an A star. I think I had like one B... And the rest were Cs and Ds and a couple of of Us. You know what? And a couple of Us. A couple of Us? Yeah. (laughs) Because I didn't even bother turning up. That shows you GCSEs does not define your educational Uh, life. I don't think so. Trust me, it doesn't. And then it was just enough to get onto the A A levels levels. at at Stanmore College. Again, Bs and Cs, uh, University of Hertfordshire School of Law. But that's when things really picked up for me Mm -hmm. because my grades... After that, when I started paying real attention to my education, was sort of right there and I got the top marks. Such were the good grades that I got for my undergrad that I got a full scholarship to go to Oxford to study for my master's. Crazy. Full scholarship to study for the bar exams and then became a barrister. So there was a real turning point between my A-levels and my undergraduate degree when I started taking my education a bit more seriously. When you started taking your education a bit more
2: seriously, did you feel as if you took your... Enunciation more seriously, or when did that come around?
3: Good question. So the 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 language you mean, or and the way you speak. Yeah, I think that came very much in the undergraduate degree for sure, and then that then became even more when I got to Oxford. Do you feel as if you had to make the change yourself, or it was naturally given the change in your voice? I don't see myself as somebody who has, for example deliberately changed his accent in order to be able to get on. I haven't uh, taken elocution lessons or I haven't sort of sought to change how I behave based on whether or not I'm going to be successful. But what I have understood and uh, acted upon very early on is that depending on how you speak and how you communicate, you can get things done. And the way you speak in a courtroom is not going to be the same as the way you speak when you're at home. The, the British class system is something that is so obsessed with accents and people add value judgments based on how you speak and as to whether or not they want to listen to you. But crucially, speaking a certain way can only be associated with being white. It's just that poison that I believe keeps people down and
0: keeps the power structures as they are. You know, I had a harsh lesson in understanding
2: that success is not the same for everybody else and that everyone's version of success is very different.
3: I don't feel like massively motivated by stuff to do with like money. Um, you know people think success is having
2: flashy cars and lots of money in a big house and that might be someone's version of success, but
3: it's definitely not mine. I don't know. I think I have some negative connotations about the idea of success like um that it's something to do with uh, capitalism and money and stuff like that
2: what I, Want from my life is not what other people want, and you should never be ashamed of that. You should be proud of what you believe in and what you want to achieve.
1: So, Hashi, I wanted to ask you um, about what happens when the wrong people define what success is because I feel like right now, as well, there's a new immigration system being put in place and it's a point based system. So, for example, you need like 70 points coming to the UK now. You need to know how to speak English. You need to make a certain amount of income to come into this country. What what would you think about that? It's
3: a really sad state of affairs when you can only gain entry into this country based on what are really arbitrary numbers set up to ensure that if you're not earning a certain amount of money, by the way, a certain amount of money that most British people are not earning, that somehow that you're not good enough to enter this country. Interestingly, the very member of uh, the House of Commons or many members of the House of Commons who are children of immigrants, their parents wouldn't qualify for those figures. The Home Secretary herself, Priti Patel, has accepted that based on the new rules that are coming in, her parents wouldn't have been allowed in. Who would have thought it, that that is something that was possible? Possible, yeah. And that's, in a way, quite a perverse example of success. But to your point about, you know, defining it in the way that that decides who comes in, I think it's very sad.
1: Just going on from your point, I wanted to mention Priti Patel as well, because when she did that, I forgot who she'd done an interview with, but she did actually admit that her own parents were not not qualified for this. And when I heard that, I just thought, how can you now be in a position to, to help other people and you're and you're using it like
3: this? I completely agree. But the thing about that, though, is I don't necessarily expect her to say, because my parents couldn't get in on this, mm-hmm. I don't think we should be implementing it. I don't expect that from her. But what I would expect from her is to just reflect a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: and And I feel like with this policy as well, it just doesn't help creatives as well who are across yeah. the go- globe because yeah. it's saying that you need to make a certain amount of money and have points and, and something about education as well but creatives who want to be like musicians or artists yeah. they would never they would never qualify London, for this.
2: London's a huge hub like everyone wants to come here and start a life here but it's going to be very hard now.
3: And you don't necessarily have to come to London with a plan. No, That's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. We you can't do dream. that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think because obviously... Success can be interpreted in both a negative and a positive way, right? I mean, how we define it can determine whether or not we engage with the word success. I mean, how have you found, Nuruddin, in your life um, that definitions of success have affected how you sort of conduct yourself? So I never really acknowledged them, like
2: really, really acknowledged them. I would let the success or small victory happen and then I'd move forward. So I feel like me not really taking time to ponder on it and actually deep what has happened I feel like I'm still moving and there's time for more to happen I do acknowledge some but I say we move is the best (laughs) slogan for me because I don't want to stay stationary stalling because there's so much success and opportunities to be out there to be grabbed so I'm just diving in head first like trying to get
3: that's the the right attitude what about you Sabrina
1: Um, so when we speak about like restrictions I think a lot of people think about like the government or point system whatever I want to like touch upon social media because I feel like a lot especially Instagram people show their highlight reel of them being successful them getting a good job them um, starting a family people show the best but people never show the struggles people never show when they got rejected 50 times and then they finally got the job and it makes people feel like the people who are chasing their dreams are oh, these people are making it, this person's got so many TV presenting opportunities and, and yeah. I'm here doing what and it sometimes makes you doubt yourself
3: Completely, So I yeah. completely agree and that, I just, I could not agree with you more on that, it is so frustrating because when I was growing up places like Instagram didn't exist and I feel so bad for so many young people today who have to judge their mark of success based on somebody else showing the best sort of show reels of their lives yeah. when actually in reality life is messy mm-hmm. life is complicated there is sort of you take one step forward three steps back yeah and things are not seen through these crazy filters mm-hmm.
1: and that's why I feel like now as well just knowing that and knowing that everybody goes through things everybody goes through struggles is to just block that out and like like going on social media less and like you said Nouradeen reevaluating reevaluating what you're doing what mm-hmm. you've accomplished yeah. and I feel like if you look back and look at yourself and be like oh my god you've done all this stuff it will positively reinforce you to going forward yeah so.
2: 100% when you're saying people's actual unsuccessful moments they don't show them at all you'll only see that on a Snapchat private story <laughs> or someone's Snapchat story yeah. like on Instagram you wouldn't see any of that stuff I feel like and That's I talk about that point.
3: in the book, I say, for every one lucky success I had, there were probably about a dozen setbacks. So we shouldn't be afraid to share those as well.
1: So thank you so much, Hashi, for coming and just giving us some inspiration. I really appreciate it.
3: Much needed inspiration now. Definitely taking a talk out your book. Thank you very much. I'm so proud of both of you guys, and I'm f- very, very, very proud to be associated with you fellow Brentonians. Brentonians,
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> is what I'm extent. now going to call myself. Brentonian. <laughs> <laughs> so, dean what did you how did you feel about that conversation?
2: There's negative successes and positive successes, and it's all about making your success just positive and making sure you leave a good impact. Mm-hmm.
1: What I about you? With me, especially when he mentioned my mom, mm-hmm. now making them more focused on myself and what I want to succeed, rather than thinking at the back of my head, okay, what do I and my mom want me to succeed? I and my mom. Yeah, <laughs> but Come yeah. As a pair.
2: Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. I've been Nuruddin.
1: And I've been Suprina. And thanks a lot to Hashi for coming in. You can buy Hashi's book, People Like Us, from all good bookshops.
2: This episode was produced by the Vent production team. Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Maweed Majeed and Ali Adlington.
1: Vent is a collaboration between VICE and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020.